Good morning, Good morning, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. It's your friends, Papa John, Mama Jennifer. You got a team today. Actually coming on a little bit early today because we're um, going to be um, giving folks a chance to get on. We'd love for you to not only join us today, type into the chat box where you're from and uh, say hey to us and uh, hit that share button. Uh, invite others to come and enjoy this broadcast we do every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time and, and we try to choose topics that um, are relevant for the time and, and for what's going on in our world to help hopefully give a clear message of hope to those who are struggling and it's always good to uh, read comments. If you could comment back on maybe something that's said or something that, you know, comes to your mind, we would really appreciate that because we can speak into that or kind of have a, a discussion. So in general, we have kingdom discussions. So today we're going to talk about kingdom collaboration. What does it mean to come together? Of course, the, the basic understanding of this is what the Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes, how two people are better off than one, but they can help each other succeed. So, of course, there's a collaboration that takes place within marriage. I know uh, Mama Jennifer and myself, you know, we both have similar ministries with prophetic, but then vastly differing ministries in where she is a pure prophet, and I serve uh, more uh, in a dual mantle uh, as, as an apostle and a prophet. And um, so... Uh, learning how to be in oneness, learning how to come together. But it also, uh, I want to talk a little bit about collaborating for the kingdom because there's such a toxic uh, a toxic lifestyle out there within Christianity that's just a pyramid, an over-under type of, of concept. And um, a few weeks ago, we uh, covered the, the concept of feudalism in our class and we were talking about how um, feudalism ruled the earth for so many years and um, so many people uh, you know uh, feudalism affected society as a whole feudalism affected uh, concepts and mindsets and and things of this nature and uh, in our class one of our uh, uh, members that's a longtime member he's also one of our teachers he uh, brought up a graphic that was talking about uh, how feudalism worked in the um, in, in the past, and it's so amazing. We had the picture of the king at the top, and then you had your your military that protected the king, and that's the, the next phase that was fighting for the for the for the king's kingdom. And then, of course, at the bottom was all the peasants that were working out because no one could let on land they were working out just trying to make it just trying to and when you had a good king everything worked great when you had an evil king it was just horrible because we understand that we are a kingdom in the sense of the kingdom of god that we have a good father that loves us but unfortunately uh many people try to take this this theocratic uh process and and they uh, dominate it to where uh, leaders become God to people, become manipulating, dominating, controlling. And, and most churches view other churches and ministries as competition. And so it's hard to have collaboration because um, 
uh, everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's out for their ministry. And, uh, and, and if, if they have just a little bit more money than you, a little bit bigger building than you, three more staff members, and you come because you're doing something similar together, something that has similar focus, similar direction, um, of course, you know, they want to dominate you. They want you to give up who you are and come under them. And I recently had a, a, a last year, I had a, a, I went to a barbecue restaurant with a couple that was doing a ministry very similar to what Mama Jennifer and I are doing. Almost in some places exact in, in raising up apostles and prophets, you know, strengthening leadership. And of course, we have the, the, the relational network, uh, Spirit-led family, and, and they were starting one. And so I, I met with them with the concept to say, hey, why don't we collaborate? But nobody wants to do 50-50. Nobody wants to honor and respect. He gave the full understanding that if I came to him, that I was going to have to come 100% under his authority, and he would run it. And that's just toxic. But you know what? That is what you call a focused person. And that was some uh, some things, some hurdles that we had to jump over. Because he could be focused on something and just take off for a long time and i've got thoughts of something he said 10 minutes ago 15 minutes ago and i want to bring it back up and it's like too late <laughs> and so i understand when people not necessarily some of the leaders it's not that they want to shine the brightest it's just they're so t focused that sure you can come along but i've got the the passion and the message and what i'm doing and um you know, you could maybe give me some thoughts or something to teach on. But as far as us doing it together, that's where it becomes hard. And one of the basic things about collaboration is, of course, you've got to be going in the same direction. Absolutely. You can't collaborate with somebody that's that's going in a completely different op opposite direction. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that in the book of Amos. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And the answer is no. Right. And so that's first. It's, it's a joy when you find somebody that has a heart for what, to do what you're doing. And that's just the first step. But the next step is to step into the place of honor, of, of being willing to honor each other and, and not even demanding 50-50, but choosing what Romans said in Romans 12 and 10, to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring and preferring each other. And that's the, the atmosphere. But what I found is, is, uh, you know, when people have a top-down mindset, it's not if but when they start becoming toxic. They start using their power, their their the fact, well, I've got the building, or I've got more money than you, or I've got more influence than you, and throw that around to, to push what they want without coming together for a kingdom result and a kingdom compromise. Have you found that to be true, Jennifer? Yes. Um, I, I excuse me, but you know, I just had a thought of what you were saying at the very beginning of that. And I was thinking of, you know, what if like the disciples that walked with Jesus and seen him do uh, the healing miracles and how he uh, caused the blind eyes to be open, but he did it differently. What if one person just seen him do it with the with the mud and say, well, this is my ministry and this is how I do it because I seen it. Jesus do it. It worked. And now this is the way I'm going to do it and no other way works. That's kind of how I think it is with collaborating. It's finding uh, the same vision or the same message 
And maybe your way is different, but it works. And, and maybe your way will reach people that another person's way wouldn't reach. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of collaborating is, yeah. is, is learning how to work together without you dominating, even as a spiritual father. You know, I, I talk about healthy spiritual fathers or apostles and unhealthy spiritual fathers. And one of the the, the, the terms of a healthy spiritual father is, is willing to come alongside a ministry, especially a ministry that is uh, has something going very well. Like, for instance, one of our uh, sons in the gospel, uh, Jose in uh, um, Modesto, maybe he'll come on today. He sometimes joins our, our broadcast, but uh, Brother Jose Sabala. He has a very powerful ministry uh, with uh, the gathering that he does, meets with people in, the, in his backyard with barbecues and fellowship and then journeyman ministry, uh, bringing men together. And of course, when he came and, and, and became part of Spirit-Lit Family through our relationship as, a, as an apostle, as a spiritual father to a son, to sow into him, I made it very clear to him, you know, I'm not going to pull you into what I'm doing and use you just for you know, to build spirit-led family, to build my ministry. And that's what unhealthy fathers do. They they suck you into their ministry, especially if they have like a big base and they got a lot of people. You get sucked in and you lose all identity. You mm -hmm. become stripped right. of your vision, of your passion, of what God's called you to do. And you become a cog in the wheel of their machine. Well, that's no different than organizations. Same principle, same concept. And um, yeah, because... Uh, you know, what if God spoke to um, another, the, the other leader that you're collaborating with and, and the Lord spoke to him to do it this way or to do something else? You know, how can you argue with a word from God to somebody? Right, right. So the concept is that that we we walk with unity. We walk <laughs> with much. love. That's right. We love one another with genuine affection, taking delight in honoring each other. Now, I know there are situations and settings where you you don't want to, uh, I mean, to honor somebody uh, just results in them running over you. And I realize that I, I'm not a proponent where you become a doormat for somebody because you're trying to honor them. I'm talking about when you do find that right collaboration, when you feel there is mutual respect, then you can enhance that environment, whether it be a spiritual family you're part of or a network of some sort or a local ecclesia, where when you choose to love with genuine affection and to take delight in honoring each other, then God honors that. So, you know, I, I was thinking about a church that um, I grew up around and there were two men who uh, birthed this one church. And so they were both leaders. I don't know how they did it, but it worked for years until one of them had just passed away not too long ago. So it can be done. And I think that's when you keep each other's heart before you and you don't run over and say, well, my heart in the matter is different, but it's better or it's, it's listening and, and coming to an agreement together and not and making sure that you come together, that the other person is like, no, I need 
what you have to say is just as valid and as important as what I'm saying. Let's go back to something you said a while ago, uh, Jennifer. Uh, you were talking about how a person can be focused. I know you're married to a very focused man. That once I get my eye on the prize, as I am as well, not much turns me, and right. I get frustrated with anyone that comes with piddly stuff when I'm when I when I'm have a bottom purpose. But uh, let's just talk about you know uh, that focus because we do want we do expect leaders to be focused on what they're called to do. And yes, what you're called to do should be the most important thing in the world. When you talk to the person, that should be the the top. That should be the most important ministry. The most important flow and that's how each of the apest is the apostle the most important thing is 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 pioneering and launching and raising up building. sons and daughters and, and equipping them and, and sending them and building that's their focus whereas someone who has a heart of a shepherd it's people it's loving people slowing down taking time with the one person you know having long coffees with one person and just pouring into them and talking to them Whereas the evangelist is about casting out devils, seeing miracles, souls, 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 souls. Let's get out and reach souls. And the teacher is about accuracy, doctrinal truth, correctness, you know, being strong in the word. And, and the prophet's about thus saith the Lord. God said, oh, no, God said this. This is what matters. This is, this is God's word, you know. And each should be have that focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But. When you collaborate, you understand that each is is just as important. And that's what Ephesians tells us. So go ahead. And, and so, you know, where maybe your weakness is, that other person has the strength and, and vice versa. And so there are probably certain areas that prove where two is better than one. Because, again, the one strengthens the other. Right, right. So let's look at um, Ephesians um, chapter 4, and let's look at verses 11 and 12, because this really gives us uh, an understanding of what we're talking about as far as the apest. And let's, let's focus at uh, Ephesians 4 and 11. Um, Jennifer, why don't you go ahead and read Ephesians 4 and 11. Now these are the gifts. Hang on. I, I told her to read it, and I, I blocked her. So go ahead. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Amen. So they were all given. So these are gifts. Number one, each ministry is a gift. Right. And and gifts are something that for them to have their power, they have to be received. Right. You have to receive a gift for it to have power. So he gave the gifts to the ecclesia, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors or the shepherds, and teachers. So let's go on to verse 12. Their responsibility, this is what each does. And they bring important vision, purpose, focus to the table. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. Number one, to equip the people of God and to send them out to impact the spheres of society, mm -hmm. to train them. to That's our vision, awakening, aligning, and activating people into their destinies. So he equipped God's people to do his work and to build up the ecclesia, the body of Christ. Now, what happens is when you get settings that are pastor dominant, then the gift of the uh, apostle is not appreciated. When you get settings that are prophetically dominant, it's all about casting out devils and deliverance and prophecy. 
then the, the, the gift of the shepherd is not appreciated or the teacher is not appreciated. Or you get in a, in a, in a dominant environment that's teacher-driven, then the evangelist and the prophet is not accepted. We have to work and be intentional to create environments that are uh, conducive to all five of the APIS gifts having significance, voice, and equal input so that the people of God, because it's not about power. It's not about who's no. in charge. It's not about branding. I mean, it's just, you get environments that are toxic with that. So you come in and yes, there's a lot of love, but it's love bombing to get people to come in. It's creating these atmospheres to make people feel so incredible and so awesome because you walk in the front door and they're like, hey, how are you doing? And they're shoving cups in your hand that's got their logo on it and they're shoving baskets you know baskets and, and bags in your hands that's got goodies in it and so glad you're here and have some coffee outside come on in come be part of the family and, and you're like wow this is awesome but then once you get into that structure you find out it's toxic because you know if you don't follow a certain way now most uh, modern day program-based churches call it dna that it become who we are you hear that term? That's just not who we are. Let's say the let's say the Klesia's name is is um, the, the 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 uprising church. Yeah, this is not a uprising's uh, uh, DNA. It's not who we are because they decided to set a certain concept of how things are done, and it usually gathers around one particular gifting, and want everyone to fit in that mold. And that's not kingdom. That's not collaboration. What have you found, Jennifer, that has worked for you? Let's say uh, us coming together in our marriage, in our ministry, uh, you being a strong uh, prophet. And, and, and how have you found collaboration has worked for us in our ministries and working and flowing together as a team? Well, you know, um, like you said, that you're very focused and um, I can be just as focused. But I think it's just reminding the other person. I'm here, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting right next to you and, and I have thoughts, you have thoughts that if we're not careful, we just uh, run over and now it's time to shift and that person didn't get to share their thoughts and then they're left with, man, I had so much good things to say. Well, why didn't you say them? Because you spoke the whole time. So it's understanding and learning the value of each other and giving it to each other. The respect of, like you just asked me, what do you think about this? I want to welcome those that came on. I'm a little late and I apologize, but I've got a watcher from Uganda, Kampala, East Africa. Uh, Pudas from India. God bless you from Kolkata, India. Uh, we welcome you. We're glad you're on today. Thank you for joining. Uh, Denise, Gabe, Candelera, God bless you. Glad you're on today. And what we're talking about today is kingdom collaboration. We're talking about kingdom. How do you collaborate uh, together? So let, let's take about 10 more minutes to talk about this. And Mama Jennifer, I just want you to take it from here. And, and I let want you close out the. I want people to, to be encouraged that this can happen. This can work together. And, and it's just that. Sometimes it can get painful. Sometimes it can get frustrating. But anything that's worth uh, worth seeing to happen is worth, you know, um, ironing out the the problems or the flaws 
if you can say it that way. You know, I love my husband and, and I know he's a great teacher. He's got great wisdom. And I like to listen to him as well. And in relationships, your greatest strengths that work well in some areas can actually be your greatest weaknesses in others. Like for me, being an apostle, my assignment and my calling is to set order, to bring order, which means there's a certain way things should be done. And I work to make sure things are done kingdom. But then I've had to learn in our relationship and working together, especially in team ministry, that there are ways that Jennifer does things that are different, but the same result is accomplished. So learning to back off and let her do it the way she feels God's leading her and to watch the beauty of the, the, the same result that we're trying to get being accomplished, even though she's not ministering or doing it the way that I think it should be done. And that's where I have to humble myself and in some sense submit to and honor her gifting and calling and say, okay, you know what, baby, I don't see that. I don't understand what you're saying. I feel like God is saying something different here or doing something different, but you go ahead. And of course I step back and I watch, you know, and make sure that, 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 you know, it doesn't go in the ditch. And, uh, you know, very seldom has it ever done that. It's but you know, just like what you said, that you're one that, um, puts things in order and, and he's done that, try to do that in our home, you know, and so this is where you have to get very um, careful with that that gift doesn't come and make itself powerful in the home as in to say, you know, you're not doing the dinner correctly. <laughs> it's got to be. This, or a this. funny thing <laughs> is, you know, I like the refrigerator to be a certain way. All of the milk and dairy on the left, the eggs and and small things on the right. Uh, next row is going to be your, your breads and your different things. And the bottom is your meats and stuff like that. And the right drawer is vegetables because I have little blue uh, apples in it that has uh, something that helps keep things fresh. And the left drawer is cheese and meats. And so I'm all the time going in there and rearranging and putting all back in order. Because I learned after four years of marriage that Jennifer is just get her done. Mm-hmm. So she's going to come in there and there's going to be milk on the right hand side. The butter's going to be on the bottom and this is going to be here. And so instead of me fussing about it and creating tension in the home, I just take a chance when she's doing something else. And I got a few minutes. I just go in there and rearrange everything back to order. And she's never come back and said, why is this this way? She just it does, doesn't even register in her mind because it's not important to her. But for me, it is, you know, of course, you could call that OCD (laughs) and not order. But uh, I believe God uses all of our strengths and weaknesses for his glory. You know, and and bottom line is this. And I will and I'm saying this in a good way because we are both very strong leaders. If we can get it to to come together and and be pleasant and and get it, you know, the ministry gets accomplished. That is a beautiful thing. And and I'm telling you, God looks at it as, wow, this is a blessing. You know, I've got two children that are really working well together. You know, they may have had bumps and bruises and cuts along the well, way. In the first year, there it. was a lot of turbulence because yeah. it's like bringing two. I mean, if you look at the Amazon River, the Amazon River is a powerful river. And it's a muddy, you know, where the Amazon River empties into the ocean. 
you can see the mud just going way out into the ocean. And, and when you have two strong rivers coming together, at first there's turbulence, but then things smooth out. And then you learn to draw from the strengths of, of, of another. And You know, it, it, um, forgive me, but uh, when we were on the plane last week, um, you, you could hear the captain saying, you know, folks, we have to drop down at a set, uh, set um, at a lower uh, altitude. Altitude, yes. And it was because he knew how to direct the plane and where there would be a more smoother ride. And so sometimes you got to learn how to adjust, adjust to the, uh, the things going on outside of your control. The wind, uh, the, the you know if it's raining or storming, or and weight also contributes to the flow of the plane, and so you have to take in a lot of different things, and and don't make it about you. Don't make it about how it makes you feel. That is not relevant. What's relevant is that you work together. Amen. You know the beauty about it is is this. You learn how to collaborate and work together as a family within the home before you extend it to ministry. If you have chaos in your home, that's, that's you so have chaos in your marriage. That's right. You're not going to have chaos. Uh, and what I found a lot of times getting low leaders, I watch them with their wife and their kids in their home. And how they lead their family is most how they lead the body of Christ. If, if that man's a dictator and harsh and that's how he's going to lead the people of God, the family of God. If he's permissive and just lets, lets them do whatever. You know, I I, I recently was with a, a pastor that, you know, his daughters were, you know, you know, late teens, early 20s. And I was quite shocked and embarrassed at how they dress in the public. Their skirts were so, so short. I mean, almost showing off everything. And I'm just thinking, but it's because the dad is permissive. He just lets them do whatever. It doesn't matter to him. It's no big deal. And and that's that's sad because, you know, as we got to know this leader, that's how he led the body of Christ. He even let people get on the platform, ladies. And I was embarrassed how they were dressed up there singing and trying to, you know. And when I would approach him about it in a fatherly way, his only response was, we just asked them to come with clothes on. Well, thank God they're not up there in their birthday suit worshiping God, but hello, you got to have some kind of a measure of, 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 of modesty. And what I try to explain is men are coming in here, that men are stimulated by sight, but they're coming here to hear from God, to receive the spirit. And they got to sit there and struggle with their flesh because some cute young things up there in a miniskirt showing off everything she's got. That's not right. You, you know, you got to work to protect people and to help them, but they didn't see it that way. But again, I realized it's just because that's the way they are in their home and that's how they're going to lead. And so if I want to show honor, if I want to show respect, if I want to learn how to prefer someone and be gracious and not be sharp tongued and not be critical and not be negative and not and be gracious with my tongue and show the fruit of love and joy and peace and gentleness and humility I can exercise it first in my home to my wife. And that's right, because that's really where your first ministry is, is to your wife 
your children is to make sure your home is in order. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I just want to say to men out there who do things correctly outside of the home, you know, be cautious because your wife is watching everything. She's taking it all in. And if she can see you being the right way away from home and then you come back and you're not that way at home, well, that's a flag to her and that can be upsetting. So I just want to tell, you know, men out there just to be careful that you do things with honor to God first and then your family. Amen. Amen. So we got about five minutes left on this broadcast, and I'm going to wrap up with whatever Mama Jennifer wants to say. And then when you're done speaking, just want you prayer, uh, prayer of blessing over those that have been watching here today. Well, I just want to say to, again, um, couples that are in ministry together is to not give up in the struggle, but that you stay focused, stay in prayer with each other. I think that's the biggest um that's the biggest weapon you can have is to pray together every morning. That's what my husband and I do. We read the word, we, we share, we pray, and that sets the tone for your day. And <clears throat> another thing is, is to talk about issues, talk about things that, um, you know, that may be heavy on your heart and um, understand where each, you know, where each one of us, are out and give respect and honor to that and um, come alongside and encourage each other. You know, don't, don't put a heavy hand out against the other partner for not thinking like you do, but again, join together. We're together. This is where God is pleased with. And um, so that's just my, my thought on uh, collaborating together as husband and wife. And, you know, again, I want to say one more thing is that, you know, your children are watching and uh, your ministry is is seeing everything. When when one spouse is off and the other one isn't, they're going to pick that up. And um, so make sure that you're tender with each other and you um, are in prayer and encouraging, lifting each other up so that that's always portrayed that's always spoken out and they can see the good fruit that each other are bringing out so uh, let me just pray father i thank you i thank you father for this uh this time that john and i had together this message that was burning on john's heart and then we were able to come and God, I just hope that we would bring <clears throat> bring some wisdom, bring some understanding, and um, bring a heartfelt thought to couples that are ministering together. God, let them not let them see they don't have to be perfect, but God, let them strive to be in oneness with each other. That no matter what is said or done. God, that we we bear each other, we bear up each other, God, that we encourage each other and strengthen and honor, God. Father, don't let those good seeds that we, um, that we sow into each other, 
Father, don't ever let those get just replaced with something that's not correct. Because then, God, that doesn't bring you honor and it can bring the ministry into um, out of place. And so, Father, I just ask that those that are hearing, those that are watching, that they will have gained some good wisdom from this and that they would work together and not give up and throw in the towel. In Jesus' name, amen.